conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We're here today with Emily Burton, owner, lead designer, and visioneer of Emily Burton Designs. She's a self-professed taco connoisseur, and her own guilty pleasure is peanut M&Ms. So welcome to the podcast, Emily. So glad that you could join us today. Thank you so much, Bobby, for having me. So we're going to dive in a little bit because you're one of those industry people that get looked up to and you're a mentor for a lot of people. Um, I would like for you to share with our listeners the why behind your reason for getting into wedding uh, industry and design and why you wanted to be a creative entrepreneur in the wedding industry? That is a great question, and it's a very long and in-depth question, so I will try to be as quick to tell my story and as communicative as possible. So really what led me to start my own company was actually back in 2008, when the economy crashed, I was an interior designer in Atlanta, and that was one of the most devastating, if not the most devastating thing that I've ever been through. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that can relate, and I thought to myself, you know, I had a long period of sitting at home without a job that I had a lot of thinking to do, and One of the things that I promised myself is I would never let anyone else dictate whether I would or would not have a job. Love it. And so that was really the spark of me being my own entrepreneur. Um, And then kind of spinning off of that, whenever I met my wonderful husband, um, which wasn't my husband during the time, Dave. For those of you that don't know him, he's, he is a wonderful support system. I met him during the time that I lost my job, and we moved down to the St. Simons Island area, and I quickly found out there wasn't a lot of resources for wedding designers. I had a very specific vision. I wanted a winter wonderland Uh, rustic themed wedding at the time. This was back in 2009, 2010 um, on the tail end. And with my background in design and my organizational skills, I planned and designed my own wedding. And I quickly through the process realized how frustrating the process was through trying to find key vendors that I felt like could help me with my overall wedding vision, it just wasn't out there. So I really not to interrupt you, but where were you looking? Just just a general idea. I mean, just to kind of maybe say how the times have changed a little bit. But sure. back when you were searching, 
were you very limited on where you could find anybody? You know, was this way at the peak of Google and a lot of people weren't on Google? Where were you finding this? It was, I would say it was definitely on the peak of Google. Uh, Not just that, but wedding planners and more specifically event designers really in our area, they weren't really heard of or sought after in the larger cities they were so it was really this new evolution in our area I feel like right um so that was really the birth of Emily Burton designs I I had a I had a bad experience with a vendor and it really caused a lot of hardship nonetheless I had a wonderful wedding and you know the the main thing is you want to stay focused on the why I was marrying the love of my life so obviously it was an amazing experience but it could have been better had I had additional resources and a support system like I personally give to my clients throughout the entire process so that was really those two things were the birth of Emily Burton designs. And I think that's great. And, and I, I think it alludes to many of us that are sitting in a cubicle or sitting with walls around us, looking out a window going, man, if I only could. And then all of a sudden, what do we do when our dream job becomes our day job? And, right. and, 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 and continuing having that passion and seeing that through. So when you have this wonderful company now that you've started and you're starting to service clients, Tell us a little bit about where clients are finding you since you were having trouble finding, you know, people for you. How have you positioned yourself in the market for people and your ideal client? And you and I both don't really like that word, but for the terms of our listeners, and we do have couples listening, let's help them determine what an ideal client should be looking and where they should be looking to find vendors of your quality. Sure. Uh, I think that's a great question. Well, unlike when I was getting married, you know, there are so many different avenues of resources today from your major wedding platforms like thenot.com to weddingwire.com through just your broad and specific Google searches. And now, oh my gosh, I mean, Instagram. Instagram is literally the hottest commodity when it comes to staying up to date on trends and what current vendors are posting and that's something that we didn't have I mean you're seeing real-time stuff and I really love that because for you know vendors in the industry even though we have a website and we can direct people there because trends are changing so rapidly Instagram has become the go-to for the most current things that vendors are doing. And so, I mean, hands down, Instagram is going to be your best resource as far as seeing pictures and um, getting up to date on what's currently happening with local vendors. And are you finding that couples are reaching out to you on Instagram? Like you're seeing, okay, I got some stalkers. You have, you have a really good Instagram following because you have a beautiful feed, which just lends people to wanting to contact you. But are you finding, are you getting those DMs saying, Hey, I'm getting married. I'd like to talk to you. I do get DMs. Um, I also get DMs on Facebook. I am very active on Pinterest. I I, I left Pinterest out, but 
you know, I think we could go on and on. I mean, Pinterest is a great resource for brides. I mean, that's their go-to modern day pin board for them to get ideas and inspiration so they can communicate to other vendors of this is really the lighting that I'm looking for for in my photography, or this is really a floral installation that I would love to be inspired by for somebody to design for my wedding. Um, so I, you know, there's no one particular, I think for all vendors, it's a combination of using multiple social media platforms because every generation is going to look at something different and depending on their schedule, whether they're working, they may be sitting at their desk and they may can only have access to their computer. They're looking on Pinterest or whatever, but obviously the younger millennials, it's definitely going to be more instantaneous via Instagram. I agree. Um, I agree. For sure. And I think that um, I'm at least finding on the photography side of, of uh, the wedding business that everybody's looking at those nine squares and, and they're right. trying to see what are, what, what are you doing photo-wise, Bobby, that's in these nine squares. And, and I know how on our end, managing client expectations of, hey, you may really like a beach wedding, but you just told me you were getting married in the middle of Savannah. So how right. is a designer... Or do you handle when these clients reach out to you? How do you manage their expectations with what they see on your nine squares versus what they're really telling you on paper? Well, you know, this is so funny. My word when I talk to clients is relative. Everything is relative. Everything is relative to your budget. Everything is relative to the venue and what we can and can't do. But, you know, really everything is centered around your budget. I mean, that allows us to be able to do some things versus not to do some things. And I was going to kind of speak to clients, you know, we're talking about how important Instagram is and pictures are worth a thousand words at the same time, you know, for potential um, clients that are getting married, just recently got engaged don't just judge a book by its cover. Exactly. It's important to get to know a vendor. Does your, are your personalities um, compatible? That's important. Uh, You know, it's important for both the vendor and the client. And at the end of the day, at the end of the process, if you as a client, you walk away and you've been happy, you know, with the compatibility of your vendor you walk away happy and the vendor walks away with a great review on the opposite end of that spectrum. It's not going to be a good process. So even though, you know, I chat with a lot of clients and we go through a strategic interview and questionnaire process, it, it may not be a good fit and that's okay. okay. You know? And so I think it's important to communicate that it's not just about pictures. Right. And I think too, that, you know, when people are coming to you and they go, okay, you know what, I, I'm going to get a designer versus a planner. And I see on your nine squares, these are some great weddings that you're pulling off. Oh my gosh, these are beautiful. I applaud you for being honest and upfront for saying to them, that's great. These are beautiful pictures. Your budget will allow for this and this, because in the end, Emily, as we said, being open and honest with our clients 
it's a win-win for all of us and we raise the bar for the entire wedding industry if we would just have more open conversations and no is not a bad word in any business saying no is actually doing you a service to yourself and to your client so I so I, I i think that because you start a meeting like that and then that's why your clients always have a wonderful experience with you based on all the reviews and and you know you're highly respected in the industry and I think that's a lot of it is, is because you're honest from the get-go and you manage those expectations. So on that, um, I know there's a different, what's the word, the di a different definition, but in your mind, the difference between a planner and a designer and a coordinator, how do you see those fitting individually or do you wrap yourself all up in all three of those? That is a great question. And quite frankly, I think it's one of the biggest things that clients get confused about um, and honestly if I may and I don't mean to step on any professionals toes that call themselves a, a, you know categorize themselves in a certain category but um, in my opinion a coordinator is going to handle just the wedding day they're going to handle the basic timeline. They're going to handle just the basic of your wedding day. Whereas a planner, they're going to be a support system 24-7 throughout the process, meaning multiple months. It could be up to two years, a year, depending on the length of time that you contract them. Exactly. You know, a lot of the venues, um, in their packages, they offer day of coordination. And what I'm finding out more and more is that clients think that they've gotten this support system throughout the process and they think that 24 seven, they can email, you know, said venue day of coordinator and they're going to get vendor recommendations on custom stationery or, they have a problem with family dynamics and they're going to be able to talk to said day of coordinator about this. And I can't speak for every day of coordinator. However, based on my experience in the industry and what I do know of the venues directly that I've worked with, you can't ask them that. They're not available to you 24-7. So there is this huge misconception of coordinator versus planner. Now, exactly. most, most wedding planners, professional wedding planners, day of coordination already comes in their package. So you're automatic, automatically going to get that service. You can't really do planning without day of, but you can't without planning. I agree. And I think that the venue people, like you said, couples come, especially here, we're in a destination market. So they go to venue XYZ, they fall in love with the beauty of it, and they sign on the dotted line. And I am a firm believer, I've been in this business in this industry for 37 years, and I've seen it across the market, across the United States. Venue people need to sell their venue. That is their job. Their job is to show the couples all the beauties, the ins and outs, and their job and their job title is going back to the owners of that said venue and saying, here's another wedding I delivered. They're not going to be there to make sure you walk down that lawn or they're going to make not be there to make sure that all the deliveries arrive. Right. Yes, they have offices, but 
Their job is to sell you the venue. Exactly. And That's right. And they're, they're not going to tell you, you know, the negatives about their own venue, whereas a neutral planner right. that is not attached to a venue, they're going to tell you the positives and the negatives about each venue that you're considering. And more importantly, and I can't communicate this enough to couples that are getting married, you know, and that's don't book a venue until you hire a professional because they can help you maximize your budget. I mean, why would you, why would you book a outdoor venue when you only ha only have a budget of $15,000 and you want this over the top garden wedding there may already be a garden that we can find where you're not having to you know bring in a tent there there may already be a garden venue that already has an outdoor open space attached to it the same the same with you know if you're wanting to book this venue that has a ballroom but you don't like the ballroom and you want the full thing draped don't book a venue before you book a professional planner because a planner is an insurance plan. Exactly. They're the insurance plan that will save you money. Yes. hundred percent. A hundred percent. Exactly. Because again, you and I are in the industry. And so we know that the hospitality market's a turnover. And while you may love Susie, at the venue in your weddings two years from now, I pretty much can guarantee you that Susie will be at one of the other venues that you may have should have chose earlier in the long run. That's so, exactly right. It's just a turnover and, and that's sadly the industry, but I stress all the time to people, especially in the destination market, you're coming down here sight unseen. You fell in love with the awe and you right. fell in love with the beauty. So right. this is your day. And I'm, I'm one of the few vendors I believe that it's not your best day ever because I believe waking up the next day is pretty fabo. But um, <laughs> I, I think it's a great day. I think it's a wonderful day, but I think there's going to be a lot more great days. Right. So you need somebody there that can say uh, more than anything else to lead the wedding day team and to fight the battles and have your back. And Oh, and a planner is there to problem solve. Yep. Prob couples, I will tell you. And Bobby will tell you, problems will happen. But when you have a good team in place, right. you will never know until after your wedding. And only if they choose to tell you that there was a problem, but the problem was effectively solved with a wonderful solution. So you never knew. And that is why you hire an incredible team. Exactly. And to piggyback on, so now that I've communicated the difference between day of coordination and planning, let's talk about my favorite part. Yes. Design. Yes. You know, it, it's very simple. Wedding design or event design, it's just like interior design. Interior design has been around for ages. You know, when you hire somebody to come in and design your home and tell the story of who you are, that's exactly what an event designer is. Event design in our area is continually growing. It used to be just big cities, but I will say that I have seen a a huge increase in brides having specific stories or specific themes that they really want to focus on. And that is what an event designer does. Now in our area, a lot of just because, you know, we don't live in a large city, 
most, not all, a lot of your wedding planners have event design packages. Um, you know, and that's something that you need to talk to them about. But every planner does not offer event design. There's, there should be a breakdown of that. So, but it, it really can make or break your wedding day, the design portion of your wedding. You know, it's that accessory, that oomph, that's going to get it to the next level. Exactly. And so, you know, I know when you, when couples come to you and find you, most of them are coming to you because they want your design vision and they're coming to Emily Burton designs because it says Emily Burton designs because they want you to help them take their crazy, their yeah. over the top or their very simple vision and bring it to life. So about what stage, I know we talked about before the hard thing else, but how far out should couples really consider giving you a call if they want you to be there from the beginning to the end? You know, that is, that's a great question. And it really is different for each and every couple, but to maximize your experience and to really have what I say, quote unquote, the pick of the litter, as far as your vendors, your venue, a year minimum, especially, you know, and you can get really specific on this, but when you're doing, when, when you're inviting 150 plus guests, it is, and, and the wedding is going to be very specifically designed and we're going to have more than 20, sometimes 30 vendors. It, it becomes more than just planning and design. It is production. Right. Logistics. Now with that, with that being said, I have designed a lot of weddings and events. I did a 400 guest wedding for in three and a half months. That was my very first largest wedding that I ever did. I don't like to do that. Right. I can do it and I can do it well. Um, but you know, it is, it's always easier and you have more to choose from when you have a lot more time it becomes a much more narrow path, the closer time that you wait. And depending on the seasons, you know, for example, and I'm sure you can relate Bobby here, when we talk about our prime season, our prime wedding season of when weddings are going to take place along the Golden Isles from, you know, Savannah, even down to Ponte Vedra, but specifically in the St. Simons, Jekyll and Sea Island areas in Savannah, it's, you're looking at March, April, May, and then October, November, December are slammed. So if you're, depending on what pocket of time you're getting engaged and needing to book out, all facts considered. Exactly. No, exactly. No, and, I, and that, that's true. It, and you're one of the uh, vendors in our area specifically that does travel across the country. So when you are talking about, you know, planning and designing and, and getting retained, Tell us a little bit about the difference on the West Coast versus the East Coast. And that really is a whole different process all by itself. But somehow you have learned to marry them together. And in doing so, the follow-up on that question would be, how much do you enjoy a California wedding versus an East Coast wedding? Wow. Well, you know, I feel like, 
there's a little piece of Cali in my heart. <laughs> the, yep. the sunsets on the West Coast are incredible. <laughs> Equally, East Coast and West Coast, incredible for a designer, for somebody that's creative. I think it's important for me to push outside of my comfort zone and design in different areas at different venues, or I would never be challenged. Uh, You know, the difference in West Coast versus East Coast, you really are, you know, depending on where it is, if it's wine country, obviously you're looking at more of a very relaxed intimate setting typically it's going to be vineyard um everything's included whereas in our area your two main facets you're either you know building a ground up wedding which is one of my specialties building ground up weddings with a tent outdoors versus booking a venue and designing the venue um, by bringing in fun elements and that was going to be one of my questions to you is, is why don't you tell our listeners? I mean, I, I have the privilege of knowing a little bit more about you, but I want some of our listeners, you know, in your own words, what do you think are some of the key attributes that make you so good at being able to do weddings on the left coast and the right coast and in between? What are, what are those attributes that you can bring? Like you just said, you have some key factors that help you do what you do, but in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you think sets you apart in being able to do and be a a coast to coast, you know, designer. What sets me apart is first and foremost, I really, you know, my background in design, it's not that I just happened into this industry. I, since I was a little girl, I've always designed, I've always been a visionaire. So my love for design is has been inevitable inevitable all of my life and then going to design school at University of Georgia and working that's right <laughs> um working you know in the interior design industry for 13 years I did both commercial and residential and I took color theory and lighting design all of that has been a resource for me to elevate my event design path. Um, I love, you know, working with different textures and playing with negative space. And you'll see in a lot of my designs, especially when it comes to interior spaces and or tent weddings, a lot of people can't tell the difference when they're looking at one of my tents versus an interior space, right. because the element of design is so strong. Um, the tent just disappears. It disappears. I, you know, so I would say that is definitely one of my unique selling points. That's what makes me unique. And, you know, you. a couple of, You're a just couple, you. That's what makes you unique. You're that's, just what, you. that's what makes me unique. A couple of years ago... Um, I had the opportunity, I would say this is another one. I had the opportunity to fly to the West Coast. I was entered into a design competition with about 45 other women across the entire United States. And um, kind of to piggyback on that before I really dive into this opportunity, when I started out 
my company, I just did planning and event design. Well, then one of my brides had a bad experience with a florist. Um, and so I ended up teaching myself how to be a floral designer. I was self-taught. I did that for several years to speed things up. I'm on the West Coast. I had an invitation to be entered into this floral design and event design competition. And I worked directly with uh, David Tutera, celebrity event designer and planner who has a show on WeTV and Lifetime. And he's an amazing person. And so we were competing to be on a television show with the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Cynthia Bailey and her daughter. <laughs> and so I flew out to California and this is, it's just kind of crazy, honestly, Bobby, because I remember years ago purchasing his book. <laughs> it was a wedding planning and event design book. Right. And I told myself one day, I was like, I'm going to get him to sign it. Yep. Never knowing that that really would come to fruition. And so here I am in, in California and we're designing. It was, it was such a crazy day and I didn't get any sleep. I mean, it was like day in and day out we were working and it was the final day. So every day we had to build a certain design based on a faux client. They would give us a faux client with all these restrictions and parameters. And you're like, how in the world? You're basically describing two totally different clients that would clash and you're wanting me <laughs> to design for your client. So long story short, it was the last day. I think I had probably gotten 45 minutes to an hour and a half, maybe, maybe of sleep. And they give us red roses. They give us pink, like light pink roses. They give us a uh, privet berry, silver dollar, and, and some other greenery. <laughs> they gave us this faux client, and they said, you have one hour to design the most amazing centerpiece. And I'm thinking, uh, holy cow, I'm self-taught. I have an hour. I don't have any sleep. And then I was like, okay, just put yourself in the corner and just focus because, you know, most designers and creators, we have a tendency, or at least I do, to be very analytical, and you can really get in your own way right. when you're focused on what everybody else is doing. So we design, we turned in our arrangements, and then the next day they were going to announce who won. I ended up flying my mom up. My mom was with me. Um, my husband couldn't be there at the time, and... So we're sitting at the cocktail table and I was telling my mom, I was like, now mom, I'm going to show you how to vid use video on my iPhone. So if I win, you'll know how to record me. She's like, okay, okay, okay. And then all of a sudden they're like, and Emily Burton there you go. is the winner. And my mom throws the darn phone across the room. This is like in a ballroom and you can just hear her screaming and I was crying and um, I, so the winner got to d do the event design and work directly with David Tatera to design Cynthia Bailey, the Real Housewives of Atlanta's event. And so it was just insane. 
So I would say that was a very, very long question, but I felt like I had to be very detailed so you, so the listeners would understand what it was all about. So between me having the background in interior design and merging the two and teaching myself to be a floral designer, those those attributes make me very unique. I can sit down and I can speak to my clients about why flowers cost so much and how, how we can get costs down. And I can even speak to the florist about engineering and let's talk about mechanics. And there's a, there's a, a less expensive way that we can do this or, and I, you know, I'm very hands on through the process. There are a lot of times in my designs that me and the florist will tag team something and I'm installing this funky design of spray painting 14 karat gold jasmine vine and wrapping it around light fixtures and I'm I'm up on a ladder and I'm hanging it so I'm very hands-on you know it's it's my baby there's blood sweat and tears in it and I really am passionate about the design and the planning and telling the story where it's cohesive and my clients walk away. And at the end of their day, they're like, wow, she so got in my head. Right. And see, and again, you put your name on your business. You know, I talked to, I talked to entrepreneurs all over in the industry and out. And most of us that put our names on our businesses know that we're going to own it. And we're, we're going to say, my name's on this. It represents me and what I stand for. And if I can't do it 10,000%, I don't want to do it 100%. Absolutely. So, and so, so you're offering your clients those experiences and it is evident. It's evident in your success of your business, the success of you as an individual. And like you said, so many times as creative and, and solo entrepreneurs, we're so alone in our thoughts that we get in our own way. And I know we bounce ideas off all day, but most of our friends and, you know, heck studio dog Hannah's in, in with me right now <laughs> with this, with you. And she gets tired of hearing all about weddings, you know, in a dog's world, you know, right. but, but in the process of all that, we have taught ourselves that we know so much more than we know. And when we're forced into a situation, we're able to solve things. Like you said earlier, if we all work together on the day of a wedding and we see a big hiccup, the big hiccup to most of us is something really small. We each just, and nobody knows about it. So in the process of everything that you do with a couple, what would you say is your most favorite part before the day? And then of the day of those two things, what do you think is your favorite part? And then maybe elaborate and say what you think is the hardest about those things. My favorite part, gosh, there's a tie. It's definitely getting to know my clients through the process. For me, it's not just a business transaction. For me, it's a personal relationship where at the end of the experience, I've gained a new set of friends, number one. And number two is the, the most exciting part is hearing their theme or their design concept, or maybe they don't have one. I have a lot of clients that come to me that literally don't know what they want. And it's for me to get inside their head and to design their dream wedding that they didn't even know about. Exactly. Good. I mean, I, I agree. That is, 
and I have been, you know, I've been blessed to be on weddings where you, a couple is like with, I sent the blank piece of paper in and I know your clients feel that way. I handed her a blank piece of paper and she told me to draw on it and I handed it back and Emily just nailed it. So, I mean, and again, that's evident to who you are as a person because, you know, you and I are a lot alike that uh, we do put people before profits. We're running a business and we have bills to pay, but uh, you and I still believe that it's, uh, it's more than collecting the paycheck. It's, uh, it's sharing our gifts and sharing our talents. Um, a lot, you know, and that's, and I think that's hard for any small business to do, but when you hang around long enough and, and you do it for the right reasons and you leave, lead with the intention to be of service, the result is much, it's just, it's just a better result for everybody involved. So in, in, as you've been going through your career, has there been a, a piece of advice that somebody has given you along the way that you take with you? And maybe even stand back at the end of the wedding and you hear that little voice behind you in your head that is that piece of advice that this person gave you? You know, the one thing that comes to my mind over and over and over again is when one door closes, another one opens. Uh, you know, I think it's easy to see the beautiful pictures on Instagram and you know, we're talking about all the wonderful things and I'm not here to be negative Nancy, but where there has been lots of success, there has been failure. And you can't have success without failing. Amen. And, you know, don't get discouraged when somebody doesn't want to hear you or they think just because you're the newbie on the block that you don't have anything to offer or perhaps that you are self-taught in an area. Keep doing what you're doing, stay focused, be kind, and offer a phenomenal service. And, you know, it's going to come back to you and the referrals are going to show. It's going to speak for itself. Right. You don't have to be the be all end all. You just have to show up, give it your best. And, you know, again, it's the journey and we right. all get in our way. And if we work hard and put the time in, you know, one of these days it's going to click and you sit back and go, wow, you know what? Maybe right. I do know exactly what I'm doing. And I, I think one other thing that comes to my mind, you know, and this has to do with balance because you and I both know as an entrepreneur and having a family, balance is, it's, it's one of my biggest struggles. And I think I can speak for a lot of other entrepreneurs. It's something that we, you know, balance on a regular we struggle with on a regular basis is keeping the balance of work and family. And, um, it can really bleed in to each other, but, and I don't remember the specific book that I read on this. I try to read at least three business books a year, but a couple of years ago when I felt like I hit rock bottom because of my health, the reason that I did is I said yes to everything and I, I ended up reading cause I'm a pleaser. Most of us are in the industry and I ended up reading this book and it said, when you say yes to something else and it gave the best example, because at that time I was literally, this is like when I first had opened up my business and, and you know, you're, you're hitting the ground running. I was working until like, 
2 a.m. and then I would get up at 5, 5.30 and I would do it all over again. And this book gave the simplest example, but it was like, if you're saying yes to staying up till 2 a.m., you can't also say yes to getting up at 5 a.m. You have to say no and sleep in. And it's very simple, but... I needed to hear that. So I'm going to tell other entrepreneurs when it's okay to say no. No needs to be in your vocabulary. It's healthy for it to be in your vocabulary. Well, and if you're not taking care of yourself and if we're not making ourselves a priority, you can't there's no way we can be a service. Right. right. And and as I think as women, and I I know it's a hot topic, but I do still feel that as women and, and women entrepreneurs, we are the ones that go, sure, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. And then because add in the excitement and the glory of a wedding and each of our couples are the only ones that think they've ever done what they're trying to tell us. And we have to smile and be enthusiastic about it. But do we need to know that at three o'clock in the morning? Um, and, and, and it's setting those boundaries. So in, in doing so, do you have like some business boundaries with your clients? Like you'll say, hey, I'm available between here and here. And then how does David, uh, I do know that he's an amazing husband and he's a, he's a great partner to have and he's a wonderful entrepreneur on his own. So you guys both run your own businesses. So how does David say to you, honey, this needs to be this time that we do this. And by the same token, how do you say, well, okay, David, then, then we're doing this on your business so that you guys can pop off of those little bitty getaways. To answer your first question, I do have very specific boundaries with my clients. I used to not, and I learned very quickly that I needed to implement that. My boundaries, you know, first of all, I have in my email the times that I work. I also communicate up front to my clients that when it's after hours, unless you email me with the email subject line emergency. I will not respond because, you know, I have to have a personal life. And again, me having a healthy personal life and having that separation allows me to give ever I have time away. Um, you know, I do let them know professionally, unless it's closer to time, like on the day of the wedding that I I really do not prefer text. Text for me, that's, you know, that's more personal. I am personal, but again, you have to learn where to draw the line and what makes things easier. And part of the reason why I, I don't text my client unless it's the day of a meeting and we're like running late and having some dialogue or they're running late or, you know, when I'm tracking notes, it's important that I have one filter system so I am transferring all of the data correctly and I'm not missing anything. So that's another reason why I only allow one source of workflow, if you will, between me and my client. Number one. Um, number two, to answer your question, you know, about Dave and I, my husband and him owning his own business and me owning my own business. That is definitely a great question. If I said that we had it all figured out, I would be lying. I think it's, I think it's something every year we implement a new strategy to help us. And, you know, 
you have to take it in seasons because I will tell you, I have an amazing husband. When I first opened up my business, I mean, all we did was talk about business. It was like 90% business, 10%. How are you, honey? And I really appreciate the fact that he was, you know, so caring and he's the one that encouraged me to open up the business. Um, So patient. Um, But what we've had to do is block out business swapping time. That's what we call it. Business swapping time where we'll, we're swapping, you know, stories back or strategies of how we can help each other. And we're just bouncing ideas off of each other. And a lot of times if we're off on a weekend, we'll take a quick trip to Savannah or somewhere and we'll block two hours out of our day. We'll talk about his business for an hour, my business for an hour, and then we go and play. Um, You know, and that's important. We definitely, you definitely have to play as hard as you work because if you can't see the reward in what you do, then you start resenting yourself. And you want somebody to share it with, but by the same token, you guys are both in a business where you're talking to people every single day. So sometimes the last thing you want to do is really come home and go, okay, let's have a conversation now. I just spent three hours talking to somebody and and, and that is rough. I think, you know, it it can be very draining. I mean, like, you know, let's be real, Bobby. Let's, um, let's just be real. I mean, one of the hardest things in the industry, you know, I'm not going to lie is I have amazing clients. I do at the same token because our industry is such an emotional process, it comes with a lot of emotions and a lot of family dynamics. And a lot of times I'm sure I can speak for a lot of other planners. We become a counselor yes, and we become a sounding board. And when, when you're absorbing a lot of this negative energy and you're absorbing or, you know, you can call it negative energy or family dynamics that aren't good, which translates to negative energy. As an introvert, I feel totally zapped literally at the end of the day. And you really have to push through and you have to learn to separate that by doing something that you and your significant other enjoy. Like for example, today, you know, my husband was so thoughtful and he texted me and he was like, Hey honey, after you finish with your long day, why don't we go for a walk outside together? And we both know at that moment, we're going to ask each other how our day went. We're going to be very brief about business, but it's going to be about us. Right. Um, you know, it's, you have to be very diligent about learning when to not always talk business business. And, and that's hard is, is because we're trying to be creative. We're trying to be creative for other people. And we are trying to continue to grow our business. And, and let's move forward a little bit to, to how some of these, this new generation, the millennials or the Z generation, I know how I am. What are they? I mean, what, what, what is their name? Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like I was corrected the other day by one of them that said, no, no, I'm the Z generation. I was like, well, I'm just that old generation. You know, I kind of laugh and chuckle. But I am finding, and, and, I, and I think that you're going to agree with me a little bit, but I'm finding that this generation really is starting to put an emphasis on, I will invest in somebody with experience 
not so much who they run around with or what they can do, but somebody that has the experience that can bring an elevated experience to my, my cup, myself, my wedding and my guest. And we're finding that this is generation, whatever you want to call them are all about the weekend and about having, when I say party, I mean a party in a different tone of let's just get drunk. Mm-hmm. They want something different than they're seeing anywhere else or that their friends have done. And therefore they're investing more into us professionals that can offer them the experience because we have the experience. Are, are you kind of finding that when people are seeking you out now? You know, I feel like it's split. Yes, on one hand. And on the other hand, I am seeing a lot of clients that in they will inquire about the services. And then, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but they then think that they can do it right. by themselves. And I think they realize they have bitten off more than they can chew. Um, because it is a full-time job. It's, it's work 24 seven, depending on, you know, um, how many guests on and where you're getting married at and the production side of things. But what I'm finding out is they'll inquire about it. They'll get your packages, prices, said that they were going to do the work. They didn't book you. They want to hire you three months down the road to do all of what they originally wanted you to do. And they think that you're going to be cheaper. And I have news. No, No. it's not going to be cheaper because then you're paying me to do all all of the stressing that you're now doing. And we could have had triple the amount of time to work on it in an effective manner that was a lot more smooth without all of the added stress. But now I get to deal with the stress of the bride, the groom. A lot of times it's the mom and then they're just so nervous because then they want it done or sometimes they've chosen. And again, I don't mean this, you know, for the vendors that are listening, I don't, I don't mean this in a disrespectful manner. Let me explain. A lot of instances they have chosen the wrong vendors. You know, they've, they've, maxed out their budget when they really want this strategic design, but then they blew $10,000 on a van and it's like, okay, well you, you have a $35,000 budget or $45,000 budget, whatever it is, but you spent a third of your budget on your van and, then and you're third, out wedding right. and a tent, you know, I mean, it just goes on and on. So that's where, that I'm seeing a lot of that and it's like couples it's not going to save you money for the professionals that are really going to do a good job for you it's going to cost you more money because at the end of the day I have to charge you mm-hmm. I have to charge you a rush fee to get it all done because that means I'm staying up at night along with my team and my staff and we're rushing around to make sure that everything's handled in a quick manner well, and I know you have to see it too. And, and I know that we all could write a book about the things that we should not have seen at weddings, but the, the band thing is one of the things. And, and we, part of this podcast is we're having kind of candid conversations. So we're talking openly about things that can help us all improve. So 
when I have bands at a wedding and then I watch one third of the guests walk out because the band is totally inappropriate for what this couple has represented themselves and presented themselves to. And then the couple themselves are walking up to these planners going, so can we just get a DJ now? Because this isn't working because my mom, and we all in industry know that there are far more momzillas than there are bridezillas, is totally upset. And it's because <laughs> this, this couple wanted this band and this band sold them something else. They presented themselves in a different way. And again, just because you see something on Instagram or you see nine squares does not mean they can deliver that for you. And lots of times in these bands, you're seeing these nine people, but then nine different people show up. And, it, and if you have somebody like you there from the get-go, these are things that you can say as the expert I'm going to help you solve problems that you don't even know are going to arise. This particular band is not a good fit for you. I'm not afraid to tell you no. But if they've contacted that band, all that band is just getting a check. And right. that cool. is like, crazy. I, I mean, I have a real example right now. You know, I mean, sweetest clients ever. I, again, I love all of my clients, but I think it's important to talk about real examples. So I'm going to give one. For example, I'm working with a client and they decided to hire a rental company per se, not from our area, which is fine. Um, however, they're wanting a specific type of flooring that is in a picture that I designed from another rental company. And I communicated up front what rental company this was before they booked me. And I said, listen, you know, cheaper is not always better. Cheaper doesn't always get you what you want. It's about being strategic, uh, you know, with certain vendors and certain applications relating to design. So now, you know, we're not able to get the flooring that these clients really wanted because this particular vendor, they only have one type of flooring. So it's just, you know, it's just stuff like that. It would save you. I mean, yes, we might pay more for flooring from another vendor, but then you're not having to pay a delivery fee that's astronomical because they're maybe coming in from out of state or you can split up the rentals from, you know, two different rental companies, but that's something that only your planner would know. You might not know that if you're not in the industry, you know, your planner and event designer, they have opportunity to do vendor negotiations because they have great working relationships. If they are very tenured with, you know, a lot of rental companies or other vendors, if you will. Right. You're the problem solver. You, like I said, you, you see things before they happen and you're educating the couples along the way. And that is what makes a good investment and in why every wedding should have a wedding planner and indeed a designer. Um, because if, if the couples have a very good, clear vision of what they want or what they don't want, that is what a designer can bring. And then a planner can execute. Along those lines, along those lines, we talked about Instagram, but is, are there any apps in your business? Like, is there any design programs or something that, that you could not live without to get your job done? 
You know, I will be honest. I I really need to work on the technology back inside of my business. I'm very old fashioned in the way that I do things. I like to hand render and sketch a lot. Um, so I'm old fashioned in that sense. You know, as far as an app that I can recommend, there's one that I absolutely love. <laughs> me and my husband actually implemented it not too long ago. And to me, this is this app is more so for entrepreneurs that um, have a family that are married, that are trying to figure out how to balance that home life organization with work life organization. And it's called Cozy, C-O-Z-I. Yeah. It allows you to communicate. You can add multiple family members. You can color code who is doing what. You can add activities, grocery lists. You can add recipes. Um, you can add your work calendars and bleed them in. It's free. It's a free app to do the basic but you can also upgrade. It's a small fee of $29.99 for an entire year. So I would highly recommend that. Um, you can even add like, you know, fun icons like um, me and my husband have a heart for when we're going to go out on a date night. We go ahead and implement that in because again, it's about, it's about pre-scheduling things to look forward to and finding that balance um, and communicating what each other has so you're in the know. Um, so that's one that I would recommend. So we've talked a lot about the wedding world. Um, I would like you to share with listeners what other things excite you. I mean, what are you really passionate about? What gets you up in the morning and gets you through the day and gets you to that next wedding? So, so what Besides coffee and chocolate. There you go. <laughs> Aside from coffee and chocolate, what, 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 what makes your heart pitter patter? Traveling experiencing new things. I, I absolutely love to travel and experience new restaurants or spas or whatever, because for me, when I have the opportunity to experience visually new things, it allows me to be inspired so I can bring that next amazing design element or guest experience into my design process. So I would say hands down traveling and new experiences. Um, another thing that I recently tapped into and had the opportunity to do, and I think I'm, I may be kind of answering um, something else, but I I absolutely love commercial production and set designs and you know it it's hard I think when you're naturally a designer you can really there's so many platforms that design crosses over into and um I think it's important that as a designer, you're always giving yourself something that challenges you because if you're able to push through and do something different, you don't know how that cross coordinates with your next wedding or event or, you know, whatever. Um, last year at the tail end, 
my mom was a fashion designer, so I naturally love fashion, and I feel like fashion, you know, fashion is in the wedding industry and in the events industry, and so to me, it's always inspired me. That was like my initial tagline when I started my uh, company years ago, but um, I had the opportunity to produce my first ever video for fashion week online. I wrote the story. I did all the visual aspects. I obviously I did not shoot the video. That is not my forte. I'm not a photographer, not a videographer, but as a designer, I'm a storyteller. So that was pretty cool. Right. Um, you know, I could. And is that, that just part of your goals? I mean, you think you're seeing, you know, the next three years, I mean, where, where are you guys going? I mean, where, where would you like to land up in the next couple of years? Um, it's, it's a, that's a good question. I also think that it's, it's one of the things that I, I would definitely say I'm struggling with, if you will, is thinking about where I'm going to be because there's so many opportunities out there. Um, I definitely would like to give more of the commercial production and set designs a try. Um, I had the opportunity to work Miami Swim Week and New York Fashion Week last year. So I was coordinating the front of the house um, and working somewhat in production. And again, you know, a lot of that really cross coordinates with basic planning and event design. And, um, it's like a natural adrenaline rush, all the moving parts for me. <laughs> so right. A lot of people don't like that, but I just really love when there's a hundred things going on and I can remember each one. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be awesome to do a lot of work in commercial production and possibly, like, movie sets. And, you know, I don't really know what that looks like, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, you know, it's just as easy to dream big as it is to dream small. So, you oh, know, absolutely. You, yeah, you got to dream it and put it out, it out there. there, you know. And, and, you know, you've already have you, – you've had a wonderful level of success and some wonderful experiences. And I, I can tell you that this industry is far better off uh, with you in it. So before I let you go, um, give me three things, three words that you hope the people along the way that you've met and that you served as serviced and other people that are just getting to know you, what are three words you hope they can say about you or that use to describe you? Passionate about design. I, I hope that they see that. Um, personable. I hope they understand that for me, it's not just a business transaction that I really want that intimate relationship where, you know, if you're coming into town, you think about giving me a call or if I'm in your area, I give you a call and we go out for coffee or a cocktail. And I really hope they see that anything is possible because I haven't been given this business and I think it's important for other people out there, no matter what they're thinking about trying in life, just give it a shot. So I would just say that, you know, anything is possible. Um, don't give up. Exactly. No, that that's a hundred percent, you know, show up, be up, get dressed, do your best. And if you stumble, 
you know, somebody will be there to pick you up. And if not, pick yourself up and there'll be plenty more to cheer you on. That's right. Before I let you go, remind all our listeners where they can find you at again. Thanks, Bobby, for having me. You guys can find me on Instagram at Emily Burton Designs, on Twitter and Snapchat at the Emily Burton, on Pinterest at Emily Burton Designs and Facebook. And I really appreciate you having me. It's always a pleasure talking with you, whether it's in person or over the phone. And I just think that you're awesome. Well, thank you. You're an inspiration to, uh, like I said, you're an inspiration. Um, a lot of people look up to you for your leadership and your passion. And I believe those three words describe you to a T, but I'm also going to add that you are absolutely fabulous. Thanks for joining us. We hope these conversations will take you into your wedding weekend with a little more confidence, proud of what you do and how you serve your clients. Maybe you even picked up a business tip or two. Till next time, be fabulous.